Greg, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks, Claude. Yeah. So uh, you know, we we really crunch numbers. You know, you know, expected goals, this expected goals conceded. You know what to expect when you're expecting in in in, <laughs> in our in in our review in in our game week one review. But now it's about looking at game week two. I mean, can you believe we're talking about game week two? We spent like six weeks or whatever it is talking about game week one. We're building up to game week one and now already game week two is, uh, has snuck up upon us. Eh? I know. I, I've got about 30 uh, drafts that I have to just delete off my phone and delete <laughs> off my computer. Make uh, your phone they just, go faster. <laughs> they just mean nothing at this point. So it's all about the team that I have and what's going to happen in game week two. Yeah, awesome, man. And, uh, you know, we, like I said, we know we, we went in quite cre- comprehensively in, 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 in crunching the numbers in, 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 our, in, in our Game Week 1 review. But now it's time to, to, to look forward. So the first game that we're going to kick off with, obviously, is the, the early kickoff on Saturday, which is Liverpool and Burnley. Now, we've touched on a little bit with the fact that Salah is still the best captaincy option going into the game week. So you're still sticking to that based on what you're seeing so far? Yeah, I, I mean, I've updated my model um, with the latest data. And I think Liverpool, I mean, City come in first in terms of goals that are, should be scored for game week two. But I think the problem with City is you just don't have a player that you can really nail on for 90 minutes. You don't have a player that's in form after game week one. Um, I think you'd be crazy not to just go with uh, Captain Captain Salah, and uh, uh, they're, they're very closely in second place uh, in terms of goals goals projected for game week two. And I think uh, Burnley at home is the fixture to go for. Yeah, uh, same. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen a few people, especially on social media, saying that you know Salah actually only has one goal in seven games against Burnley, which I actually didn't even know. And uh, but now that I think of it, it makes sense. Uh, the Burnley games have seen, seemed to be like uh, uh, scrappy ones at times. I mean, uh, yeah. I remember. I think it was Ragnar Klavan who who scored an injury time goal a few years back <laughs> against Burnley as well. So that that was quite an interesting one. But I think Milner scored once. Keita scored some. The the goals have been quite spread around when it comes to the Burnley's uh, fixtures yeah, specifically. Yeah. Liverpool historically don't seem to have done well against them. But I I, I would I would discount that massively. I think uh, yeah. you've got to just look at the fact that it's probably one of the best fixtures for the game week. You've got a guy who's two assists and a goal in the game week before. He's going to play ninety minutes. I mean. What more do you want? I, I, to 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 say that because of you know every single time Liverpool play Burnley, it, it's a scrappy scrappy fixture. I don't, I don't think you can expect that going into game week two. I think uh, I think you've just got to go look at the numbers and go with the numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no def- definitely. Like I I've tried not to overthink it too much as well. I looked at it and I said, look, you know what? It's Liverpool playing Burnley at home. Let's not think too much about this <laughs> over here. Just captain Salah. And yeah. go for it, you know. And uh, as far as Burnley are concerned, I know usually we've been reluctant to kind of maybe captain players against them unless it was a City player because they always score heavily against Burnley. But Burnley were the type of team where even if they don't, even if they lose, they don't they traditionally like concede that heavily. But you know, we we did speak about it as like I said, you know, in the. In, in the preview show where the, the defensive numbers have dipped off a little bit, do you see them becoming one of those teams where you look to target captaincy against them? 
Yeah, I think you've got to just go with the, basically the quality differential on the teams. You yeah. know, if you look, you yeah. look at how big a difference there is between Liverpool and Burnley, it's it's huge. I, I wouldn't be targeting, you know, Brentford versus Burnley, for instance. Yeah, no, but, sure, fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think when you when you've got the big quality teams, you know, when you've got Liverpool, City, United, um, Spurs, those guys playing against the weaker teams, I think I think you just those the those are the teams you want to target. Um, and and this isn't for me just an easy one. Um, yeah, there's there's not. I think, like you said, don't overthink it. Um, the the reason the reason that, that you've got these models built and and and, and taken all this data in, into account is just to make your life a little bit easier and just and just stick with what's uh, what what it spits out. Yeah, and I suppose ultimately it's not an exact science, but you're playing the the percentages game here, you know, and uh, yeah. and and you you need to look at what your best odds are, and the odds are that Liverpool win this game, and Salah is a good captaincy option. So, yeah, definitely. And the one thing I need to speak about now is that so many of us have went in heavily on Simicas. He kept the clean sheet, and now he's even four point one million. And now I see pictures just a short while ago of Andy Robinson running outside again, yeah. which becomes a little bit of a problem because don't don't be yeah. too alarmed, people. I think I think everyone's seen those pictures and started panicking, <laughs> but you've got to remember that he's he's damaged the ligaments in his in his ankle. Yeah, and, you need some time. And the thing that you need to remember is that you can start running quite early on with that in a straight line. It's it's not it's that's not the issue. It's changing direction. It's um, you know going from a from 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 a dead stop to sprinting as quickly as possible. Um, th- there are a lot of other things that he needs to do that before he's even close to being ready. And I, there's not a chance in the world, that, in my opinion, that he'll be ready for game week two. And if you're a Simicus owner, that 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 was the first prize anyway, getting two two game weeks with a 4.0 defender. Um, so I, I think you'll still still pretty much guaranteed to start from him on the weekend yeah and then game week three is chelsea and if he doesn't play against chelsea i promise you it's not the end of the world but i I still think he's got a fairly good chance of even playing the chelsea game and he played really well against norwich i think he was you know when i looked at him he it's like yes you know robertson has been amazing but the way simicas played i think you know obviously okay it was norwich so not to be disrespectful to them, mm. but he he did really well. He looked really to I think as he's uh, because maybe he looks off the pace of fitness wise around the 70 80 minute mark. We saw a few lapses lapses of concentration, but I expect that to get a little bit better as he, his stamina grows as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, he, you know I'm not, like you said, no need to panic about him at the moment. No, and, and I was I was surprised at how far forward he was getting. He, he yeah. I mean he he looked Robertson-esque. And taking he, set pieces. Yeah, uh, you know, he, he was, was taking corners. corners. Yeah. I mean he was taking corners. He was he was higher than Trent most of the game. It, it, he really really looked good. So I think. You know, I, I had him over Jota as my as my third Liverpool player, and I'm not regretting that decision at all. I think uh, for four million to to get me six points, very very happy. And uh, you know, I would hang on to him, and uh, hopefully he plays the next two game weeks. Yeah, 
I used it was on the Thursday night, the the night before the deadline. Well, so last week Thursday, where I decided, okay, you know what, Timurkas is a gift in FPL. This opportunity does not come around that often. No, it definitely and, doesn't. <laughs> yeah, and 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 by having him in my team, it means that you know either I, like initially I had Ivan Tony in 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 my forward line, you know, but I took out Tony. Uh, Jota and uh, my my other four million bench fodder, which I think was uh, uh, Javier Manquillo, and uh, I, I put in Simicas as my as as a playing defender because I felt like if you're gonna bring him in, you have to play him. It's no point keeping him on the bench. Exactly. And uh, so Ben White became my backup, but it also meant that if I wanted, it 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 essentially acted as an enabler for me to go with Salah, Bruno, and Son, which paid off at least for for game week one and uh, but it also meant that i had to downgrade someone like dunk to feltman who didn't play last mm. week but i so, think that was yeah. that was unlucky i think feltman had a had to self-isolate because of COVID, and uh, and there's with COVID around there's that's always going to happen where you where you yeah, get a bit sure, unlucky sure. and a player might might be affected i think i think that was that's just pure pure bad luck but I think, like you said, it was a it's absolute gift at four million. And and the nice thing is that, like like you say, with a guy like Ben White on your bench, if Timakos can get three game weeks of of games, you've got no transfers for seven game weeks in your defence. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and that just it, yeah. and that just makes your life so much easier because now you're only worried about what midfielders are going to get changed, what you know, who's on form, how do the fixtures look. Uh, it really takes a lot of headaches away when you don't have to plan defensive transfers. Yeah, definitely. So that's why I figured, like you know, initially I was I was like, no, don't don't jump onto the Timurkas bandwagon. <laughs> don't jump on. Don't jump on. And then eventually I was like, no, nah, you know what? I need to be flexible in my thinking over here. Initially, I decided to put uh, Mahrez in my team, but then I, I I had this nagging doubt that okay, what if somebody like Milner starts at left back? The, and if my and if Martinez doesn't play, then I have two players, you know, who who are not playing, and then I only have one sub. So I, I felt okay by having Son in my team. I kind of mitigate that risk, and if I look past the the City fixture, which turned out to be bonus points, then at least I, you know, okay, then I know that Spurs got three good fixtures coming up. But yeah, Simicas has been a gift that I just couldn't pass up at the moment. And uh, yeah, it really, really, like you said, you know, defensive transfers are really set at the moment. You really don't need to worry about it. And uh, so, so yeah, I, I'm not going to, I suppose I've spoken so much about Simicas now that, <laughs> you know, I, I think everybody gets it, you know. But, but yeah, look, you know, that, that was an awesome gift for us uh, in FPL. And look, I'm not going to talk about the rest of Liverpool. I think we know what to expect, you know. Salah there again. Great mm. captaincy option. If you're Alexander Arnold, highly owned, you know, expect at least you know a clean sheet from him over here in this game. Yeah, so, the, the only yeah. thing I would say is just be careful. I would be a little bit careful of Jota. I'm not sure that I think there's a reasonable chance that Firmino starts starts the game um, against Burnley. And yeah. so if you're going yeah. for a captaincy option, I think stick with Salah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be taking a risk on Jota just with minutes. I, th- I think even if he does start, I think his minutes will be will be limited. Yeah, definitely. The one thing that I've noticed about Jota, you know, now that you mention him, is that looking at the expected numbers, it's very, it's, it's almost like he's a copy and paste of Salah. 
the numbers are almost exactly the same the difference between that just Salah plays so much more especially last season with Jota being injured for a long period of time but yeah. if you look at the outputs it's actually it's almost exactly the same so Jota Jota again at 7.5 is a, an amazing asset to have but like you say with the rotation risk and so on and you look you know I'm, I'm sure people were praying that he, he that he you know that when when he when his number came up at 59 minutes and a few seconds you know the fact that he walked off so slowly really meant he had our backs you know <laughs> he, you know he, he got you that one point extra that you needed uh, so what an know. fpl legend huh? making yeah. sure he does the slow walk for your, for your 60 minutes <laughs> yeah you know it was literally seconds that he walked off so so that was quite uh well i don't have jota but for those who do have him you know well done you know i'm sure that that that, that you'd be really really quite pleased with that one so yeah and uh, so that wraps up the Liverpool Burnley fiction now the next one up is Aston Villa and Newcastle so Newcastle seem to be the one who has, whose defense is so poor at the moment yeah you know? I, I think it's it's not even just a like poor defense I think that the game was just wide open against West Ham and I think I, I expect a very similar game against Villa I think I think there'll be goals in it I think it'll be a wide open game and I think that's for me, the players that you that you want to target would be Wilson from Newcastle. Um, I think Antonio, um, excuse me, um, Ings from 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 Villa and Watkins hopefully coming back as well. And from the comments that uh, Dean Smith made um, after the first week, I think uh, Watkins is going to be a pivotal role in that in that Villa team. I'm, I'm actually very excited to to have him in my team. Um, I think that he he might be the the, the sort of big differential pick in when it comes to game week two. Can you see Watkins and Ings playing in the same team? I, th- I think it's very possible that they'll play a 4-4-2 just to accommodate the two, you know, both both strikers. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they play. I, I think, I do think that Watkins is is the main man. I don't, I don't think it is Ings. And I think, I, I think it's purely because of the work rate that Watkins has. And uh, I, I think, I think we're going to see a lot from him, and you know, it's it's going to be interesting to watch the game against Newcastle because I think it's going to be end to end again. Yeah, and uh, look, you know, I, again, you know, when you talk about uh, drafts and especially during the preseason, and I saw a lot of people going in, and I don't blame them because the fixtures look so good for Villa early doors, but they were even going triple up on Villa. You had like they'll have Watkins, mm-hmm. Buendia, and someone like Matt Target in there. Yeah. Defensively, what, what what do you make of Villa going into this fixture? No, I, for me, it's just a, an absolute avoid. I think on both sides. I think Villa and Newcastle. I wouldn't I wouldn't be targeting any defenders for sure. Um, I think I think you just want to go with one attacker. Again, the problem with Villa is that their fixtures from game week four are very very poor. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I always had Watkins in as a as a three game week plan um uh, game week four he was always coming out for him and Eth. um so i think there's there's going to be no change to that i think i've got hopefully two good weeks with watkins and then he's out of my team and if you've got two three uh villa assets you're going to be stuck in a very sticky situation when it comes to game week four yeah that, that was one of the things i looked at as well like I saw the the fixture and I thought, okay, you know what, doubling up just feels too excessive because it essentially means you're booking a transfer. 
guaranteed yeah. whereas like let's say if you go with the Watkins or Ings or even if you just go with Buendia you know that okay if you have a, a pressing matter in your team to, to, to attend to you can kind of play them through one more game yeah, like, worst, yeah. I mean, if you've got just one of them and it's a worst case scenario and you yeah. don't want to take a hit, just keep them, yeah. you can keep them and that's never a bad idea. You know, if they get two points, um, you know, a hit's basically a minus six if you, if you look at it that way. Exactly. So, yeah. so yeah. sometimes if, if, if you are in distress and your team's and you've got other transfers that are more important, you can just roll roll them through it. But when you've got two or three of them, it, it's just impossible. And and that's why, yeah, certainly for the any team outside of the top three, I would highly recommend that you don't you don't, uh, don't double, double up. up. Yeah. When it comes yeah. to those bad fixtures, you you really really are in, are in, in sticky situations. Yeah, uh, no, definitely. So now I know we, we spoke about captaincy and Salah being the main pick, but let's say if you're being extra spicy over here, okay, <laughs> and you wanted to be completely different in left field because we see that all the time in FPL, right? Yeah. If you wanted to take a punt on someone like Ings versus Newcastle, do you think that there's any justification for it to happen? It, it's interesting because my, my model does show that, that their their attacking fixture is better than United's, even even with the Southampton uh, defence in disarray. So I would have never thought that. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very slight. It's it, they're pretty much neck and neck, but. It's interesting. I think that the you know, if if you were looking for captaincy options, I, I would be looking towards Villa, probably before I'd be looking at United. Um, but the, again, it comes down to form. You, you, ideally, you want a combination of fixture and form. That yeah. that always gives you the best the best captaincy option. I think the reason why I mentioned Ings specifically is because, like Wilson, they're the type of players who can feed off scraps. You know, mm-hmm. and because of that over there, especially in, in games which are wide open, like you look at how Antonio and Ben Rachner, you know, just did so well against Newcastle. Somebody like Ings seems to be that type of player, whereas like Watkins, you know, he, he, he just feels like so wasteful at times, whereas Ings seems to be that type of player who can capitalize in, the, in, the, in those moments. And in fact, I, I can actually think of last season when Southampton played Newcastle and both Ings and Wilson scored in the same game and I had them both. So... <laughs> So that is the type of thing I'm talking, ironically yeah. enough, that I'm talking about over here. So th- th- I think that will be an interesting one. You know, I think if you do have any, like a, a Watkins and Wilson and Ings and Wilson, I wouldn't be surprised to see both of them return in this fixture. Yeah, me too. I think I think it's going to be a, a game of goals if I had to pick one. Yeah, so so actually, yeah, maybe that will be the one I must just put in my calendar to watch because, <laughs> yeah, especially after the West Ham Newcastle game, which I unfortunately missed, and I feel like you know uh, uh, this is one that maybe I don't want to miss out. And now watch them go and draw nil nil somehow. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm willing to take some bets on a, on a nil nil. Uh, I'll offer you some pretty good odds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, and then. Wow, now this is a riveting fixture. Palace versus Brentford, okay? <laughs> yeah. What, what do we do over here? What do we make of this uh, fixture? Quite honestly, I think it's not even... Like, look, if you've, if you've got Tony, then, then you're quite happy that he's playing against Palace. But I think other than that, it's just a fixture that you... I'm certainly not going to be paying much attention yeah. to. And Zaha, I mean, but, but any chance? Look, Zaha didn't look terrible... But uh, uh, these these bottom feeder teams at the moment, at this stage of the season, 
I think you you want to maybe just start watch listing a few of the players that are that are standing out. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't be paying a, a hell of a lot of attention to that fixture, to be honest. No, look, I, I agree with you there, and I think there are so many options at the moment that, if you start looking at Crystal Palace and Brentford now, it really, I think, then you, you're trying to be extra different, you know. And mm. uh, I, yeah, so yeah, no, I'm I'm fully with you there. I just don't see any reason to be going that extreme at the moment, you know. And then, so here's an interesting one, Leeds and Everton. Now, we know we've spoken about Everton at, at length in, in, in our preseason one where you know, we weren't conf- convinced about their fixtures. We spoke about maybe the atmosphere not being great in the stadium, which there were boos at halftime, but Everton came back. And then there's Leeds, who are the entertainers. Mm. Now, do you expect some more entertainment over here, or you know what happens with this particular fixture? Yeah, I think we're going to see some goals from Leeds. Um, I don't think it's a bad fixture for them at all. I think and goals I, I for do, Everton. Everton, it's uh, on my fixture tracker. It's 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 a it's not it's not a it's it's a probably a, a bad defensive. I mean, a, a bad attacking fixture. Um, I think Leeds at home are a much better defensive team. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah. So I, I would, I would definitely be looking at at, at um, Leeds assets over over Everton assets. Uh, put it that way. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, and I suppose if you do have a Calvert Lewin or Richarlison in your team, it's not a bad one to just hold on to anyway. Because yeah, I, I wouldn't be transferring anyone out. I, uh, on the flip side of that, from from Everton, but I would expect that. Um, you know, if you are, if you're, if if you're starting to plan to bring some some leads assets into your team, it's not a bad bad stage to do it. I think, uh, like like we mentioned previously, I think I'm just a little bit worried about that game week four for a guy like Rafinha. I'm not sure if he's yeah. at this stage. It hasn't been confirmed whether whether he's going to be able to play or not. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. So that's yeah. the only thing to keep in mind. But uh, I think if you've got leads assets, I think I think they should give you some decent returns this week. Yeah, I'm I'm looking for Rafinha to come through for me this week. You know, I think he owes me after getting a yellow <laughs> card last week. I think he he he's due some points now as well. So and I missed out on all his good points last season as well. So <laughs> I think he, you know it's about time he pays me back. Yeah, yeah I think just just let me know when you sell him because I know that that's the right time to bring him into my team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> definitely and. Uh, now the one that we you know we we spoke about it quite a bit during our, our when we were reviewing game week one and now city versus norwich now this looks like a fixture that's absolute gold if you have a nailed on player from manchester city it just looks like such a great fixture to just yeah, captain that player it does look juicy i think the only thing stopping me from captaining Mares is just not knowing how certain his minutes are, how long he's going to play for. You know, it's, even if he starts, the likelihood that he comes off around the 70-minute mark is, is quite high. Um, you know, Pep is going to rotate and rotate and rotate the whole season. And it's going to cause us constant headaches. Um, if it wasn't for the, for that and, and the just absolute rotation nightmare, then, then I think they would be by far the best fixture. Um, but at the moment, I'm just happy to have a city assets and and hopefully we morris gets some goals 
Yeah, and uh, look, I suppose the same sentiment that you know when when I mentioned Ings is that if you really have the appetite for risk, you know, and you know what you call gambler's fallacy when you believe that you know you do a win, mm. then then maybe just maybe uh, Riyad Mahrez is your captaincy pick if you have him in your team. Just hold on to him keep him and 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 then if you're feeling that li- little bit extra risky then put the captaincy on him and it might just pay off massively yeah i think if you want to go for a gamble it's not a bad option but yeah. uh you know it's interesting because i think you know we spoke about that villa newcastle game and i think that's that's also one for the gamblers i think i think i'd be deciding between those two fixtures if i if i was into risk taking but i think just going with the, the best option most calculated uh, option is is you know like we said Salah is just a just a no-brainer yeah it, it just ticks all the boxes yeah exactly and then another riveting fixture over here Brighton and Watford now <laughs> now Brighton you know the, the the kings of XG Brighton you know who, who just don't seem to be able to finish yeah. off but they did the job. They came back against Burnley, and, yeah, and Mape scored a goal for a change, which is. Uh, I mean, you know. wow! That, that 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 is something special, collector's item. <laughs> now, uh, what what do you make of this fixture here? Because Watford looked quite good against Villa. They they look. It wasn't high quality chances. I think we we did mention yeah. this as well. But they they finished it off, and you know we spoke about Sa. You know maybe being a little bit lucky when you know with his finish because it was a big deflection but Emmanuel Dennis looked good do you think that you know if you you know uh, let's say for example if you really let's say you, you you don't have the best team you 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 didn't select well going into game week one you have one transfer to make and you can get in Emmanuel Dennis do you think it's worth it going into the Brighton fixture no I, I would avoid it I think um, I think there would be a, a trap that a lot of people fall into I think for me the the Brighton fixture is actually one of the one of the better defensive fixtures uh, yeah, in game week yeah. two. I think they they defensively for this fixture they they're third out of all the fixtures. Um, so I think this is a chance for all those people with Sanchez and Feltman and Dunk to get um, a clean sheet, hopefully yeah. to get their clean sheets. Um, but yeah, just just stats wise, I, I would be. I wouldn't be bringing Watford uh, attackers in. I think, uh, if anything, Brighton defenders should be shining in this fixture. Yeah, and uh, even look, I don't know if you saw the goal that Tarkovsky scored against Brighton. The question no. is, should have... It It looked like a foul to me. It was from a corner. Yeah. And just looking at that over there, okay, maybe the I can understand the referees trying to be a bit more lenient or whatever, but I think they kind of maybe went too much the other way in being too lenient, but it, it looked like a foul in the World Cup. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and it was very fe- it could have been very feasible that Brighton came away with a clean sheet in that game. Yeah, look, I think I think Brighton defensively are up there and their fixtures have, you know, like we spoke about pre-season, their fixtures are pretty decent for, for, the, for their defensive options. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's too much to go into i think uh you know if you've got a if you've got brighton defenders you shouldn't really be making defensive changes in game week yeah, two, no, unless, sure, your, team, unless yeah. your teams are a mad mess at the moment and i don't think you're going to be looking too much at uh, at brighton attackers so for me i would avoid the whiteford attackers i would stick with my my brighton defenders and uh yeah and and just 
pray for that clean sheet. Yeah, look, I suppose the other option is if you do have a a Watford defender, because some some people might have put a 4.5 million enabler on their bench. Mm. Do you think it's worth throwing them into this fixture for possible clean sheet from both sides, from maybe a nil-nil in this Um, fixture? Look, I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's it's an option for sure. But I think for Watford, it's still... An avoid. It's still an Just avoid. Just avoid Watford. Yeah, an yeah, avoid where possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, I think that uh, the reason why I, I keep on bringing up these type of things is because I know many people try to go take a little bit of a risk, mm. be a little bit different. And so they try and punt on newly promoted teams. And I've got burnt with that in the past as well, you know. And I just don't think, especially so early in the season, that that we have enough info on them and that there's, and with so many options, it just doesn't seem worth yeah. it. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd prefer a Leeds defender over, over a Watford defender. Yeah, even. definitely, definitely. Yeah. Especially because, you know, with the, if you look at Leeds fixtures, I think it rotates quite well with Brighton and, not, mm. and even with Arsenal as well. So yes. I think between those three teams, you should be fairly covered. You should be covered, yeah. Covered, yeah, yeah. And then now Sunday fixtures. I know we we did briefly touch on this here. Southampton and Manchester United. Probably not another nine <laughs> 0 again, <laughs> but um, I mean, look, Southampton were poor, you know. So yeah, what we're we expecting out of this game, yeah. Yeah, I think Southampton defense is definitely looking shaky, but at the at the same time, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we can go into the game expecting. Uh, and a, another five goals from uh, from sort of a, a, a one xG type type result, you know, yeah, like a one point yeah. four xG. So, uh, you know, I, United I think are um, I think fourth on the list in terms of in terms of attacking output for the for, for this fixture. So I think if you've got it, United uh, assets, you're happy with them. I think certainly a lot of people are going to look at, at Bruno captain. Um, personally, I think it's possibly a mistake. Um, and I'm I'm hoping that a lot of people do go Bruno so that I can just uh, lock up my solo captain and uh, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah and the stats yeah. will be with me hopefully <laughs> yeah because yeah I think you know we, we during the you know during the game week one uh, review we said that what, what it was like Salah with two million cap captaincies and then Bruno with eight hundred thousand so if that can even out a little bit over there then it makes it a real contest you know it's exactly. not so much of a differential anymore yeah. so yeah. Yeah, they, 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 that should be quite interesting as well. And uh, so, I mean, look from Southampton, let's be honest, we're not looking at any of their players, right? They, no, it's just a complete have, avoid at this yeah, point, yeah. I, I don't think, uh, the way it's going for them, I don't think I'll ever consider any of their players throughout <laughs> the season unless something drastically changes from now till then, you know. So, yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still looking for, again, you know, I spoke about Rafinha getting a yellow card, but in the same game, Luke Shaw got a yellow card as well. Really <laughs> frustrating, you know, to be losing points. You know, it, it just feels so unnecessary when you lose points to yellow cards, you know. Yeah, but, it is yeah. frustrating, but I think Luke Shaw is a, a good long-term pick, and I think... You know his value will start to, to come through in the in the in, in the upcoming fixtures. Yeah, and, and definitely, definitely. I think I'm, hopefully we'll see some attacking returns from from him in a game like this. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think he's looking really sharp over, over the last year, or so he's really fulfilling his potential, and he looks a great pick. Yeah. So uh, and then now I saw a few people who had Jaden Sancho in their team, 
mm. and I'm thinking they were really brave people. But I suppose, like you know, uh, you know, you can liken it to people who are really casual players. So I, I mean, I I don't blame them, right? But uh, does San? When do you think Sancho will ever come to you into your thinking? I think it's going to be tough at the moment. I think um, I think he's going to be brought in slowly. Um, the problem is that you've got. Um, Pogba and Greenwood in, in fantastic form. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he will. Yeah, I think he will come into the side, um, and and possibly you know possibly you'll have have a front three of Pogba, Greenwood and, and Sancho. But you know then we've got uh, Rashford coming back from injury. You've got Cavani coming back. Yeah, they've quite well stocked in attack. Yeah, so, yeah. There, there is you know they're they're pretty well stocked, and uh, I think for me, I think if I had Sancho, I'd be looking to. Possibly downgrade him to, to to Greenwood or or look at another option. Um, for the moment, I just don't think that he. I, I think you need to wait and see with Sancho before before you look you look at playing him. You want you want to see that he's getting consistent minutes. You want to see that he's getting returns. Um, it comes back to the old thing of don't until a, a player is proven, don't don't just rush them into your into your FPL team. Yeah, especially when it comes to new signings, like there are specific signings that. I look at, especially at, like, let's take, for example, when Salah moved to Liverpool, I was convinced that he will start from day one because at the end of it, Liverpool, especially at that, that time, wouldn't spend big money on a player like him and it was in a position that we needed. So you, you almost look at it and think, okay, Salah will start the game. He will start almost every game. It's the same like when Mane came to Liverpool or whatever. So for certain teams, it... It makes more sense that the player, even if a player is coming in from another league, you'll be almost nailed on. But when it comes to teams like City and Chelsea and United who have these big squads, it becomes very difficult to judge whether when these players are actually going to play. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it For me, it's almost like an avoid for now. Yeah. Okay, and then... Next up is Spurs returning to, well, Nuno returning to Wolves. So now we, you know, I, I think we did say that, uh, you know, we mentioned Wolves in passing that they actually created some decent chances. They, they had an XG of 1.49, which is not too bad in the grand scheme of things uh, against Leicester, okay? And now they're coming up against Spurs. Uh, and now after Spurs got such a great result against City, what do you make of this fixture here, man? You're still thinking, okay, Son's a good one for this fixture? Yeah, I mean, this is it's, it's a juicy fixture, I think. I, I, look, I mean, it's not as juicy as some of the others. I think it's in, in terms of Spurs attacking output, I think it's a, it's an average fixture across across the all the games. But Son is just so clinical. Um, that I think you've got to you've got to love having Son in your team, especially when it comes to to Watford the week the week after. So I think you know you happily keep Son in your team. Um, I think Spurs will be will do reasonably well in this fixture. Um, I don't think Wolves are the defensive uh, defensive asset that they were under under Nuno. So I think that uh, you know I think we'll see. I think I think there'll be more more goals in this in this game than 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 expected. Wow, that's an interesting one, yeah. Because like I just don't know much about Wolves at the moment. I never, I, I saw snippets of them against Leicester, but not enough to 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 make any informed decision on them. 
So yeah, I suppose this is mm. maybe one I should give a watch as well. They, they've given they've they've gone to a high defensive line, and I think uh, for a guy like Son, that that that's that's his bread and butter. getting, yeah, getting in behind defense. Definitely, that's like so, gold for him. So. Exactly. So I think that's one to watch. I think. Uh, I think we could see Sun getting getting a few getting in behind that defence, and it'll also be interesting to see if Kane plays. Um, you know, that whole saga is still ongoing, and, and, yeah, and yeah. at this stage, he's still a Spurs player. So maybe we'll see him and, and, and Sun together against Wolves. Yeah, and the other interesting option is like it's it's a very 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 differential option, and obviously not one I'll go for, but. Lucas Moura playing in the team like this year, counter-attacking and so on, he could be one for uh, uh, to, to look out for as well, I suppose. Yeah, I, I think him and, and Bergwijn as well. I think um, if Kane's, if Kane does go to City, I think I think those guys will be interesting options to look at because they're both reasonably priced. Um, I think if you don't have Sun in your team, there might be a budget option. I think Delhi Ali also looked pretty good. Um, at 6.5 million but playing more box to box almost not so uh, yeah. advanced like he used to play a few years ago when he emerged yeah I don't think I don't think he's the same player but uh, you know I think I think he's on my watch list for sure and uh, if Kane doesn't come back into the side it'll be interesting to see how how that evolves and 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 what and how those those guys look at the, the players around Sun look but for me if you've got Sun he's just the he's the he's the the number one guy that you want to have and uh, it's just an easy pick and if I've got him I don't really want anyone else from Spurs to be honest yeah no definitely and you know uh, I want to talk about Son more but before I do that since you mentioned Dele Ali, you know I, I remember when he made his debut it was a season that Leicester won the league and the reason why I knew about him is that remember he was very close to joining Liverpool just before that and so I, I kind of looked out for him and then he was priced it so ridiculously like at 5 million or whatever and I was one of his early adopters so that's a oh, bit of a humble brag from my <laughs> side you know I was on to him so quickly he, he did really well that season yeah I think he, he was great that season yeah he I think he rose in price about 1 million or something like that it was absolutely insane so yeah, yeah that was awesome but now to again you know I keep on mentioning these left field captaincy picks you know I've mentioned uh, uh, you know Mahrez at Man City which maybe is not that left field and then I've also maybe through I've thrown in Danny Ings at you know against Newcastle but what about Son at Wolves you know the if you really want to be different, do you think he could ever become an option? Like, let's say if hypothetically you don't have, you know, Salah or Bruno in your team, you know, do you think that Son could be, be an option against Wolves? I, th- I think my honest opinion would be wait one week. I think he, he is by far the best option for game week three. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily choose him for game week two. I think they're, they're, I, I would rather go for a Villa player uh, a Liverpool player, City player, United player, um, all before I'd go with, with Son for, for game week two. Now, Wolves have been one of those teams that kind of have flown under the radar because maybe last season they didn't do so well. And then we, we, we're just not sure about their players anymore. Players like Neto, they have some good games here and there and he's mm. injured now anyway. Daniel Podence looked really good in the eye test, but he just didn't produce the numbers, right? Where are they ranking it? now? I know we had they have the fixture swing coming up soon, but in ter- at the moment, in terms of the next six fixtures and so on, based on your model, where are they? Where are they at both attacking and defensive? 
Yeah, so Wolves have, have jumped both attacking-wise and defensive-wise. I think um, attacking-wise, they're into four, five, six, seven, eight. I think they're into ninth place, um, just below Arsenal. Um, so I think th th their fixture outlook is certainly getting better. And defensively, they're up to fourth. Um, but got to remember that it's all about timing the, the transfer yeah, for these yeah, guys sure, as well. Sure. So I think for me... I think the timing that you really want is is, is Wolves players in game week four. Um, if you start to look for for Wolves, bringing Wolves guys in around uh, around their Watford fixture, I think that that's certainly the way to go. Um, and I think from if I have a look here from game week four, um, attacking wise, Wolves are all the way up to eleventh, and defensive wise, they are all the way up to sixth. So. I think Wolves' assets are. You know, I think I've got Watford, Brentford, Southampton, Newcastle, um, and then Aston Villa, Leeds. So they they're definitely on the watch list in terms of options. I think if they show that they 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 have some sort of defensive soundness and and possibly you know like we spoke about uh, Jimenez uh, in terms of uh, in terms of attack, um, I think maybe maybe bringing a Wolves player or two in uh, could be quite interesting. Yeah, is there any defensive players that you're looking at there specifically? I know people are looking at uh, Ait Nuri, who's you know almost like a yeah. left wing back type of player. I don't even know if he even played on the weekend. But um, is there is there anybody like somebody like Connor Cody or something, someone like that who you who you'd consider bringing into? Well, I, look, I know we spoke about the fact that we're not really interested in defensive transfers at the moment. But yeah, uh, uh, out of the defensive players, which one is most attractive to you? I think you just got to look over the next over the next three weeks and see which guys are nailed on. I think that's 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 the the most important thing. I think Cody at 4.5 million, the most nailed on is probably going to be the option def defensively. Um, Eight Nori, if if his minutes are consistent, then he might become an option. But we've got Spurs this week. We've got United next week. I don't think right now he the, any any of the rules players are really in our thoughts. I think. Uh, I think game week four we start to think about okay yeah, let, let's yeah. look and see what their minutes have been like and, may, and possibly bring some of them in yeah awesome man so now there's a there's a nice fixture to look at arsenal versus chelsea now at the moment it just seems all doom and gloom at arsenal <laughs> like there's rumors going around and look i don't want to be spreading COVID rumors because that can be quite cruel but um, there's just a lot of injury enforcement so for some reason or another like if you looked at that team against Brentford it it, it felt almost like a second string team you know you had Saka on the bench as well mm. yeah I, I think I mean Arsenal were missing Obama Yang they were missing Lacazette um, they seem like a very unhappy camp at the moment um, I had a lot of plans to to bring in uh, Arsenal attackers from game week four um, you know, I was looking at Pepe, possibly Lacazette. Um, I've got Ben White already on, on my bench. Um, it's looking a bit dire at the moment. Uh, I think we it'd be nice to see them back at full strength. Hopefully, with with Obama Young and, and Lacazette back, um, and and Saka playing. Um, and I think we've got to sort of assess them over over this week and next week uh, before we make those calls. Because if they don't get any better, then then I'm definitely scrapping any Arsenal plans going forward. But, uh, you know, their fixtures are, are, are improving rapidly. And uh, from from game week four, they're fifth in the attack list and I think second in the defence list. 
Um, no, it's actually it's actually gone down to fourth now with, with the updated numbers from the yeah, weekend. Yeah. Um, but even so, you know, if they if they show that that was a once once off bad game and and they're actually, you know, looking a bit stronger, then then I think we can start to reconsider them. But uh, at the moment, it's it's a wait and see. I think. Yeah, I think where the issue comes in with, especially somebody like Aubameyang, he's such a good finisher, but last season he kind of played out of position a little bit, mm. and he's a bit expensive. And I, I mean, even Lacazette is fairly expensive as well. So you really, if you want options, you're looking at someone like Saka and so on, and then you need to factor yeah. in will he play every game. And I think Saka, so. and, Saka and Pepe were looking like the, the best options for me. I think Pepe, the, the second half of the season, Pepe's numbers were actually fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He, he was much improved. Yeah, so I, th- I think if we start to see signs of that, then, then I think he becomes an option and Saka becomes an option. Um, Smith Rowe... Is a budget option, but I don't. I don't think the numbers are quite there to to warrant uh, bringing him in at, at this stage. So I think, yeah, like I said, I think just keep them on the radar. I think if they do show that the, the next couple of weeks that the that that, it, that the Brentford fixture was just a sort of team in disarray and, and things things are getting getting back to normal, then then they might become options again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then I think you know we look. Uh, we've already spoken about Chelsea as well not good fixtures in the immediate uh, term mm. but they it, it improves rapidly i think you know after what game week seven game week eight yeah they, I, I, I think game week seven for chelsea is the real the real week to target i mean they, their fixtures are just gold from then onwards yeah. um and we've got lukaku now as an option i think I, i've certainly got a plan to try and bring lukaku in for game week seven um and for sure one of the defenders and and the nice thing is we've got six weeks to see what their defensive uh, rotation looks like. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, 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 we'll have enough of a sample size by then to de- determine whether we go with somebody like Reese James or Spiliqueta. Yeah. Or, uh, or Chowell. Yeah, or, or just go for a safe option like Rudiger or someone like that over there. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, Chowell and James look like the juicy options. It's just a question of whether they, whether they are getting that consistent game time. Um, I, I really hope that Reese James manages to nail his position because I think uh, from an attack, attacking output uh, wise, I think at 5.5, he, he could be the real bargain of the season. Yeah, and, and when he plays, he seems to be a, a bonus point magnet as well if, exactly. if Chelsea keep a clean sheet because he makes some so much of that attacking output as well. So that's, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. That's definitely one of the players uh, you know on my watch list as well. And then the last fixture, West Ham versus Leicester. Now, West Ham, you know, crazy in defense at the moment. Mm. This this could be quite a cracking fixture as well because didn't this fixture end up, I think, West Ham beat Leicester like 3-2 or something like that. The Lingard squad, I think, and... uh, it, uh, and the natural score in that game, if I'm not mistaken, as well towards the back end of last season. Yeah, I, I think it's. You know, I think the thing to that I'm wary of with with this fixture is, obviously, Ben Rama had a fantastic uh, first game, um, and and I think there's a massive bandwagon to, to to bring Ben Rama in at the moment, and I think I think Leicester is going to be a different op- opposition. They they've got a very solid defence. Brendan Rodgers is, is is a very good manager, um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how the uh, the West Ham um, attackers perform 
against a team that's 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 set up a lot better than than Newcastle than a Newcastle defense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and 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 that was something I'm wary of. Like, I don't have an issue with maybe having one of Ben Ramo, one of Antonio, mm. but I think now jumping onto the bandwagon and going doubling up when they're about to play Leicester, I think is really short-sighted. I think maybe just waiting that one more week before you can make that type of change would have been worth it. But but yeah, no, I I get you there. I think uh, Leicester, you know, they, they, I mean, they've been so so great, so consistent over the last few years. And as far as Leicester are concerned now, obviously a lot of people jumped onto Iheanacho for 7.5. He never started. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I had I had him in every single one of my drafts up until a week before um, before kickoff, basically. And it was actually up until the Community Shield because his stats were just phenomenal. He played so well last season. And then it just, you know, the rumors started going around that he's, he's not going to be nailed on. And then he didn't play Community Shield. And then I just went. He's just too much of a risk. It doesn't look like he's going to start. Uh, and and I took and I took him out. If he was nailed on stats-wise, he is the guy to have. I mean, he would be straight into my team. But it just doesn't look like he's going to get the consistent minutes at at this stage. Yeah, uh, de- definitely. And also, look, I, I suppose Patson Daka is new to the league, league, so I doubt he'll be thrown in, you know, that regularly anytime soon. But I think also my concern over Ian Nacho is that I just wasn't sure whether he's going through, the, you know, one of the biggest purple patches we've seen and whether <laughs> this is actually sustainable. You know, but I think I think that's being unfair on him because he looked a talent when he was at City as well. So, I, you know, I, I don't want to be unfair on him. But yeah, now the rotation risk has become a problem. So, yeah, yeah I, 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 I think re- that's I, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, I mean, people say in FPL, there's an old saying that uh, form is, is greater than class. And and that I mean, it's so true in, in, in the short term because we deal with such short term decisions. Uh, in FPL, that if but I think the the key caveat to that that argument is that you have to have a player that's nailed on. So I mean, I, I would be picking picking him like I said every day of the week if I knew he was playing 90 minutes. Uh, as soon as a player is not nailed on, I think they become a massive F, uh, FPL risk, and it's just better to go with the guys that are, you know are nailed on and in form. And sometimes you get both. A guy like Bruno. Yeah, awesome man. So. Any, can you predict if you had to pick out one fixture where you think there's going to be a surprise result over there, which one did you pick out? In, in terms of a, a weaker team winning or in terms of just a, a goal fest? Either one, either one. <laughs> um, like I said before, I think the, the, the Villa Newcastle fixture, I think we're going to see some crazy, crazy score lines in that one. Um, so I think if you've got attacking players from those two teams, I think I think that's gold. And other than that, I, I don't expect too much. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Brentford do against Palace, just from, a, you know, coming off the coming off the Arsenal win. Um, I think they might disappoint a few people um, personally. And uh, and then you know, I was saying to to to, to a friend of mine in in, in the office today, uh, you were saying, oh, I want to bring in a Chelsea defender, and I was saying. Oh, but their fixtures aren't so great in the next five weeks. And he said, what are you talking about? They're playing Arsenal. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I think we might we might see another good result from Chelsea, to be honest. Um, 
you know, with with Arsenal in disarray at the moment. Um, but other than that, I think I think the standard Liverpool, City, United. I think that's that's where you're going to see the the, the, the main the main goals uh, once again from from the usual suspects. Yeah, awesome, man. So, well, I'm wishing everybody luck for game week two. May it be as good as game week one. And yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll catch up next week. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Claude. Cheers, man.